am rolling in. Hi, I'm Pastor Nick Stavropoulos. On behalf of Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, I want to say a very big, big thank you to all of our frontline workers during this COVID-19 crisis. Thank you so very much to the doctors, the nurses, and other medical staff in all our hospitals in Toronto and across Canada. Thank you, nurses, assistants, and staff members in seniors' homes, in seniors' homes that have had such a very difficult time with COVID-19. We have many people in our own Rosewood Church of the Nazarene who in fact serve and work in seniors' homes and in hospitals across the city. We are so very grateful as well to all the grocery store and the pharmacy staff members who are doing their best for you and me and carrying out their jobs under some very difficult circumstances. We want to further express appreciation to our public transit workers, to the truck drivers carrying medical and food supplies, food supplies across our country. We are so grateful as well to our postal workers and courier companies who continue to do their jobs faithfully despite the extra concerns with COVID-19 uh, virus issues. May the Lord protect. Dear God, may you protect all of these dear people, protect their families, help them, help them day by day. Let it be so. My wife and I, my wife is Cindy, as many of you know, my wife and I are privileged to have four precious grandchildren, ranging in age from eight months to five years of age. Since they were born, their parents and my wife and I have watched their growth and development with a sense of what's next, what's next. And I'm sure it's been like that for those of you who have had children or you've watched other people's children or grandchildren. What's next? Um, what will, for example, eight-month-old Yulia and baby Paxton, what will they do next as they continue to mature week by week, month by month? This week, our daughter Amy made a brief video of what Yulia did uh, uh, next, sort of speaking, uh, just, just what she did, and, and it happened to be that uh, our daughter recorded. So watch this for a moment. Thank you. Today, on the subject of what's next, our son, our son sent a message on Messenger to the family members telling us, telling us of how our son, uh, Jeremy, went to uh, the bedroom of his eight-month-old uh, son, who is our grandson, and his name is Paxton. He went to his crib this morning and uh, found Paxton sitting up for the very first time. He was sitting up on his own. No one propped him up or anything like that. And, and that's what was next for baby Paxton. It's a joy for us to see or hear about these experiences. What's next can also be exciting in the lives of our children and grandchildren. And... Uh, it's also exciting to discover what is next in the life of Jesus. 
Recently, we celebrated Easter, the day on which Jesus, the Son of God, rose victorious from the tomb in which he had been placed after he had been crucified. After Mary Magdalene and other women and Peter and John discovered the empty grave and Jesus went to the tomb area, what was next? What happened next? The Gospel of John, chapter 20, beginning at verse 19, tells us what's next. And that's our theme in this message. And here is what John 20, beginning at verse 19, says. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting, meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. What should you and I learn from what happened next? Today and then the next Sunday, we will uncover some powerful truths on this theme of what's next. And here's the first great truth that can make a big difference in your life and in mine. Number one, Jesus models for you and me how to show love, compassion, and forgiveness even to people who disappoint us in a big way. Why don't you read it with me from the screen? Jesus models for you and me how to show love, compassion, and forgiveness even to people who disappoint us in a big way. This truth, of course, came to my mind when I read verse 19, which says, why don't you read it with me from the screen? That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. Peace be with you. I personally would never have thought that those would be the first words of Jesus. Those would be the first words Jesus would speak to the disciples after the resurrection. I would have thought, and maybe you would have thought this too, I would have thought that the risen Jesus would have burst into that room and would have said something like, well, something like, you lousy, useless, miserable, faithless, hopeless, no good for anything, disciples. I would have thought he would have said, you bunch of hypocrites, I don't want to ever see you again. That's kind of what I thought Jesus would say to them. Why would I have expected Jesus to say that to them? Well, for many reasons reasons that many of you probably would come up with as well. For instance, when Jesus was arrested 
In the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible says in the Gospel of Matthew 26, verse 56, it says, at that point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. All the disciples deserted him and fled. Think about it. They had told him how much they loved him. They had told him how much they would never leave him. They told him that some of them said, oh, we would die with you. But the Bible says all the disciples deserted him and, and fled. And then, of course, we have the situation where one of the disciples, Judas, betrayed him. Uh, Peter, James, and John fell asleep at a time when Jesus had asked them to pray with him in the Garden of Gethsemane, I'm sure Jesus understood their fatigue, but still, he would have been disappointed. He said to them, guys, pray with me. Watch and pray. They sure had no ability to do that. That same evening, by the way, Peter, Peter denied even knowing Jesus three times. And Jesus had said to him, Peter, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows. Uh, when Jesus was crucified, none of the disciples were there except for John. And so, to say that the disciples disappointed Jesus is an understatement. Jesus had plenty of reasons to be upset, to be angry, to want to blast them. Yet, Yet when Jesus saw the disciples that Sunday evening, that first Easter evening, Jesus, instead of blasting them, he blessed them. Instead of blasting them, he blessed them in a beautiful way and said, peace be with you. In fact, a little bit later, he repeated himself in verse 21. Again, he said, peace be with you. My own heart says, wow, that's incredible. And that is Jesus showing love, compassion, and forgiveness towards his disciples, the people who said they had been followers of his my friend, Jesus has that same love. He has that same love, compassion, and forgiveness available for you as well, for each one of us. I want to invite you to receive Jesus' love, compassion, and forgiveness in your own life, your own situation. No matter what you have done, he is able, he is able to forgive you. In fact, in our Bible, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, beautifully says, why don't you read it with me from the screen? If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Praise the Lord. That applies to you and you, to me, to each one of us. Once, once we have experienced Jesus' love, compassion, and forgiveness in our own life, then let us, let us allow Jesus' modeling to inspire you 
and me to also show love, compassion, and forgiveness to people who have disappointed us, to those that have hurt you or me, to those that have broken our heart through one means or another. My friend, no matter who you are, you have experienced or you will experience being severely, severely disappointed or let down by someone. It's just a fact of life. Some of you have perhaps been severely disappointed by, by your father or mother, boyfriend or girlfriend, husband or wife, brother or sister, or some other family member or friend, or by some institution, or some other person in authority. We all face very different situations. Do you know who Kelly Clarkson is? Kelly Clarkson? Kelly is a wonderful singer and songwriter who has had many big hits in the last um, 10 or more years. Currently, she is a judge on the television program called The Voice. That's a television program where men and women are great singers and they compete. They compete to win the prize in the program called The Voice. Kelly Clarkson wrote a song just a few years ago called Peace by Peace. That is P-I-E-C-E -E by P-I-E-C-E. -E. Peace by Peace. She wrote that song. Uh, maybe some of you have heard her sing that song. When I first heard Kelly sing Peace by Peace, I heard and I saw a lot of pain. I saw a lot of pain in her lyrics, her voice, and in her face. And I watched intently and tried to figure out exactly what she was singing about. Kelly wrote the song to her father. She wrote in part the song to her father who abandoned his family when she was only six years old. Her song captures the pain she felt over her parents' divorce and even more, her song captures the fact that her father, unfortunately, her father, unfortunately, abandoned her when she was only six years old. In the song, Piece by Piece, Kelly contrasts the terrible way in which she was disappointed and heartbroken by her father. In the song, she, she contrasts her father's abandonment to her husband's, to her husband's unconditional love towards Kelly, Kelly herself, and towards their daughter, whom they had both promised in the song to never leave. Well, I hope, I hope you have never felt abandoned by your father, your mother, a fiancé, a husband or wife. I hope you've never felt abandoned by your son or daughter. 
The truth, however, the truth, however, is you have had times and there will be other times when people disappoint you and hurt you or me in a big way. On that first Easter Sunday evening, that first Sunday night, Jesus modeled for us how to show love, compassion, and forgiveness. When we see Jesus appearing to those disciples in that room somewhere and saying to them, peace, shalom. Peace be unto you. Some of you, some of you might be thinking, you know, Pastor Nick, are you kidding me? Are you for real? Are you suggesting, are you suggesting that we can show that kind of love, compassion, and, and forgiveness to someone that has hurt us so badly? Are you for real, Pastor Nick? And my answer is, with the Lord's help, I truly believe you and I can show love and compassion and kindness and forgiveness like that. And I want to invite you, I want to ask you to show that love, kindness, forgiveness to someone in your life. Take some action and do it today or tomorrow as soon as you can. Is there someone in your life that you need to show that kind of love, compassion, and forgiveness? Act on your good intentions, would you? Be inspired by what we, we learn from Jesus. Amen? And, and by the way, as I share this message, if you'd like to write some comments some notes, amen, or something in the comments section. You feel free. You feel free to just give us some response, would you? There's a second truth in terms of this message, what, what's next, that I believe you and I should really get a hold of. It should really impact our lives. And it is this. Number two, why don't you read it with me from the screen. Jesus wants to help you and me go from being filled with fear to being filled with peace and joy. Let's just read verses 19 and 20 again. Let's, let's read them to, together in unison. Here we are. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Wow. The disciples were certainly, they were certainly filled with fear. They, they, why? Well, because they had seen, they had seen Jesus be arrested 
And they all knew that he was crucified, although John was the only disciple present at the crucifixion. There were other people, of course, but in terms of the immediate disciples, it was just John who was present at the crucifixion. And so the question on their minds was, would the authorities or the mob go after these other disciples next? After they were, afterward, uh, after all, they were followers. They were followers of Jesus. So the question was, are they going to go after these guys next? They had good reasons to be afraid. They were, quote, shaking in their boots, as we sometimes say. And the truth is, the truth is, in our present day, many people are also living in fear for a variety of reasons. And maybe you're one of them. Many people are living in fear today on account of the COVID-19 virus outbreak around the world and in our communities, your community and mine. Over the past few weeks, we've had people in Rosewood Church of the Nazarene who have had relatives or close friends become either very sick or have died from COVID-19. In fact, some families have lost several loved ones to the virus. Not just one, but several. And to those of you in our church family, and to those of you outside of our Rosewood congregation who are watching this service, who have been tragically affected by the COVID-19 virus, I want to express our deepest love and sympathy to each one of you. You have been heartbroken. Now I've talked with some of you over the phone or by some other message way. Others of you, others of you have lost a job or you have, you have lost substantial income because of our battle with the invisible enemy, COVID-19. I want to encourage you to please pay attention to the news. Prime Minister Trudeau and our government leaders have introduced several ways by which you can be helped financially, helped in a, in a large way, by the way, financially, and how businesses can be assisted as well during this virus crisis. Give attention to the details that they are giving and follow through on them. We should, I believe, we should be very appreciative of how our city governments, provincial and federal governments, federal government, are really trying hard to help financially individuals, families, and businesses. Please, let's not, let's not take our government's efforts for granted in terms of trying to help the people of Toronto, of Ontario, and of Canada as a whole. Others of you who have financial investments and stocks and bonds have also probably seen a substantial decrease in your investments. Try not to panic, all right? Try not to panic. Hold on. I know it's difficult. I, I, am, not, I, I am not an investment specialist, but on the basis of what I have learned and seen 
during and after previous crises in North America. The good news is, the good news is, soon after COVID-19 is over, your investments will probably start to increase once again. In fact, there has been some little increase. And within one to two years after COVID-19 is over, I believe you will have the joy of seeing your investments return to, uh, to their previous levels before the pandemic. In fact, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when you actually see your investments surpass their previous levels. Some of you will come to me in the near future and you will most likely say something like you'll say, Pastor Nick, you actually knew what you were talking about. And I'll just smile at you. All right? Nevertheless, in the meantime, the COVID-19 virus has caused millions of people to lose their health, or worse, to lose loved ones, to lose jobs or income, to lose investments, to, leave, to lose the chance to, to be there when a loved one was dying, to lose the chance to, to even be present at a loved one's funeral because our chief medical officers and government leaders have correctly, have correctly said we cannot meet in large groups so as to prevent the spread of COVID-19. We have also lost the opportunity to worship together on, on weekends, no matter what church or synagogue or place of worship you might be officially a part of. Realistically speaking, all these losses and more can easily cause many of us to be filled with fear. I understand that, and you understand that. But here is the good news. My friend, here is great news. The risen Jesus, the risen Jesus by his Spirit wants to say to you and me, peace be with you. Peace, shalom in Hebrew. Shalom be with you. In, in case the disciples missed it the first time, Jesus repeated himself in verse 21. And again he said, peace be with you. And uh, in actual fact, when I, when I really studied that, that verse and those words, peace be with you, it means even far more Jesus was really saying, may all good things and wonderful things come into your life. That's, that's what that statement further means. It isn't just in regards to our battle with COVID-19 that Jesus is able to give us peace. Jesus wants to help us overcome, overcome our fear of failure our fear of how our children or grandchildren will turn out, our fear of how a medical operation will turn out. Recently, other ministers and I were, were asked to pray for the, wife, for the wife of a pastor 
here in Ontario. This dear woman was diagnosed with a malignant tumor, very serious situation, and she needed a major operation. The day before her surgery, she wrote us an email that touched my heart. She wrote these words. She said, Hi, everyone. I know you have been supporting us in prayer, and that has been felt very tangibly. Surgery is set, 8 a.m. Wednesday. It will be a full day, and there won't be news until into the evening. Now listen to this. Listen to this part of what this dear, dear woman of God wrote. She said, I have tremendous peace. I have tremendous peace and an absence of fear as I contemplate this surgery. She says, God is so good. The deeper I lean, the deeper he is. The deeper I lean, the deeper he is, referring to Jesus. Did you hear that? She said, I have tremendous peace and an absence of fear as I contemplate this surgery. My friend, may Jesus help you. May the Lord help you to go from being filled with fear to being filled with peace and joy, no matter what you are facing today and in the tomorrows to come. Someone did a study in the Holy Bible and said they, they found the words, or similar words to this, they found the words, fear not, repeated 365 times in our Holy Bible. It's like having a, a fear not for each day of the year. Fear not, says the Lord. By the way, we, we received an update from, from that dear pastor's wife. Actually, it came from her husband. We received a, a, an update after her surgery and the update said this, surgery went well, but it was a malignant melanoma, but today was great. They got it all. They got it all. My friend, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to reach out to Jesus, to his spirit, and say, Lord, I've been struggling, I've been struggling with fear. I've been struggling with some fear about this or that or this or that. And Lord, I need you. I need you to walk into my situation by your spirit and deliver me from this fear. Help me to have peace and joy. And trust that he will do so. 
May, may Jesus, through, through his spirit, bring you the, the comfort, the freedom from fear, the peace that passeth all understanding. Let it be so. But in order for him to best work in your life and in mine, we need to start a relationship with him. We need, we need to experience his forgiveness. And so I want to lead you in a prayer. If as yet you have not started a relationship with Jesus, this is the day. This is the day for you to sincerely begin a personal relationship. And here's how you can do it. I'm going to keep my eyes open as I lead you in prayer. You can either keep your eyes open or you can, you can bow your head and close your eyes, whatever you wish. But if this prayer expresses the desire of your heart, I want to encourage you to pray it right where you are. Would you pray after me, either quietly or out loud, whatever suitable for you, and pray, dear Lord, thank you for loving me. Lord, I see, I see how you showed love, compassion, and forgiveness to those disciples who had wronged you, who had let you down, who had disappointed you terribly. Lord, I know in my own life, I too have let you down. I have sinned. I've done wrong. And I come to you wanting to experience the same love, compassion, and forgiveness that you showed those, those first century disciples of yours. Please forgive me. Forgive me for my sins. I believe I can be forgiven because of those scars in your hands. I believe I can be forgiven because you died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. And so now, I want to receive your forgiveness. And Lord, you rose triumphant, victorious over the grave on the third day. And I want to say to you, come into my room. Come into my life. Come into my heart and help me to become the person you want me to be. And Lord, by your presence in my life, bring to me, bring to me the peace and joy that I long for. Help me, Lord, to be victorious, victorious and to conquer the fear that I've been living with, the fear that's, that I've been battling with, and give to me, precious Lord, your peace and your joy. Through Christ, I pray. In his name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you, I want to ask you to send me Pastor Nick, Pastor Nick at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, a note. And we want to correspond with you 
and help you get into a Bible study. We want to pray for you and encourage you. You can find our Rosewood Church of the Nazarene address by going to our website, rosewoodchurch.ca. And, um, and, and send us a note by whatever means possible for you, email or put it in the postal box, whatever suitable. Uh, if you live in the Toronto area, when the churches are able to once again hold Sunday services, I want to invite you to join us at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, 657 Milner Avenue in Scarborough. We're, we're very close to Markham Road and Highway 401. Or if there's another church you've had previous connection with or you would feel more comfortable in some other church family because of different style, whatever, we just want you to get into a good Bible-believing church. And by the way, even though, even though now we are not able to meet together as the family of God on weekends, we, we do have these online services on Sundays at 11 o'clock, and, and we do have Wednesday evening Bible study and prayer time at 7.15. We have, we have other wonderful prayer times, Bible study times for the youth, for the children, for the various age levels. And if you'll go to our church website, rosewoodchurch.ca, you can find information as to how you can connect with us and how we can connect to you. So I hope I, hope I hear from you. And we're grateful that you have joined us today for this service. And just before, just before I say farewell to, to you, I want to address especially our Rosewood Church of the Nazarene family. And uh, first I want to say thank you Thank you to the many of you who have been faithfully giving your tithes and offerings uh, weekly or every few weeks, even though we're not able to meet in our church building. And I, I know that there have been people asking, how can you send your donations, how you can send your uh, tithes and offerings. And during this month, of course, we have our special world missions or world evangelism offering. We have a goal at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene of raising and giving $60,000 to help support our missionaries around the world. We have a goal of $60,000 to be raised before the end of April. Now, a few of you have made donations for world missions recently. We still need more, more of us to give unto the Lord for world missions. And so however you wish to give your donation, please mark it World Missions, World Missions, or World Evangelism, so that we can reach that goal of $60,000 to help support our missionaries. Some of the ways by which you can give is you can drop off. You can drop off your, your tithes and offerings and World Mission gifts. You can drop them off Sundays uh, between three to five. You can just drive over to the church and drop them off. If, uh, if you arrive between three and five o'clock and there is someone else at the main entrance, please remember to keep that social distancing rule in place. Please remember to stay six feet, two meters away from each other. All right, we just want to abide by that rule. Uh, 
you could also drop off your donation in, in the church mailbox anytime through the week, but of course, please do not drop off cash. Do not drop off cash in, in the church mailbox. Um, many of you have started to give your donations by e-transfer, e-transfer. Thank you, thank you. And we want to continue to encourage you to use e-transfer and send it to offerings at rosewoodchurch.ca, all right? Send it to offerings at rosewoodchurch.ca. Then others of you have been using Canada Post. Thank you. You can send your donations by Canada Post. Uh, if it, it would help you, please give us a call. And if need be, we'll, we'll find some way of picking up your donation, okay? We'll, we'll have someone pick it up from your home, wherever that might be. And we need to do that appropriately, of course, maintaining the social distance rules. And then some of you can give and might like to give through Canada Helps. You can go to our rosewoodchurch.ca website and find the instructions as to how to give to Rosewood Church through uh, Canada Helps. Well, once again, thank you for joining our broadcast today, our online service. God loves you. We love you. And let us, let us do what's next. Let's do what's next as we have discovered the marvelous truth from our Holy Bible today. And next Sunday, next Sunday, I look forward to sharing the next phase, the next part of what's next from God's Holy Bible, from the scripture that we study today. Thank you and blessings on you. Amen.